At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. Today, I have a little subtitle in my last message on this, and my subtitle is Thankful for the House. Thankful for the House. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> when you know what God is doing in the earth, you can be a part of what God is doing and the part that you're to play in what God is doing, and you don't have to be anything. You don't have to be intimidated by other people when you're a part of what God is doing in the earth. When you know what God is doing, the, the, the one thing that God is doing in the earth is He is building His church. That's what He's doing in the earth. He's building His church. And God has a love for all of humanity. Even the people you don't like, He loves them. So you ought to go ahead and like the people. Well, you don't necessarily have to like people, but you do have to love them. And you have to look beyond what they do that you don't like, and you still have to have the right attitude toward them because they were created in the image of God. They're His children. Uh, every human being is God's child because he birthed them. He created every human being. You know, sometimes uh, I feel like in my first years of my born-again life, I had to get a grip of that because I thought the saved people were God's people and the unsaved were, you know, the devil's people or something. But all of humanity was created in the image of God, whether you like people or not, you agree with them or not. It doesn't matter, but you have to love people. You don't have to like everything that people do, but you do have to have a right attitude toward humanity because humanity is not the enemy. The enemy is the enemy. People are not the enemy. We wrestle not with flesh and blood, but principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness. And so when you understand that, when you understand it, you can be a part of what God is doing, and you can be a part of advancing what's important to Him. His church is important to Him. The church of Jesus Christ is important to Him. There's a lot of things that people do. God is not so much about good works. It's not like if you're doing a good work, God's mad at you, you know, and I'm not saying that. But God's not so much about good works as He is about doing what's right, what really pleases Him. And the Bible says, and it's very clear in, in Hebrews chapter 11, that without faith it's impossible to please Him. A lot of times people do good works to satisfy themselves. God wants you to live your life pleasing Him. And to do that, to do that, you have to do everything in life by faith. You have to develop an understanding of what it is to do. I don't care what I do, I do it by faith and trust in God. Not out of, you know, there's, there's a, a dozen or more things that you can have good works in. You know, uh, you, you can feel obligated to do something. You, you, you can, you know, feel, you know, the, the pressure to do something and to follow through in something. There are all kinds of different reasons why we do what we do in life, but God wants us to do what we do in life by faith. And I don't know about you, but <clears throat> I've been a part of many organizations. I attended school from the time I was in kindergarten to elementary school to junior high 
and high school and three different colleges. <clears throat> and nowhere in any organization anywhere did anybody teach me faith except the church. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. And what's he building? The church. He's building his church. And he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Today, I'm telling you, I am so grateful for the church, for the house of God. I am so absolutely grateful for the house of God, for the church of Jesus Christ. I would be, no telling what, dead probably, had I not connected to the church, the house of God. And so today, I'm just talking about how grateful and thankful that you and I need to be for the church and for the house. And I'm going to read the three foundational verses that we've read in every, in every one of our messages. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. How many can say amen to that? Amen. amen. Where did you learn that? In the church. You learned it from the teaching of God's Word in the church. That's where you learned it. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says pretty much the same thing. Now, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of His knowledge in every place. Right? Thanks be to God who leads us in triumph. So, He leads you from where you're at to where you're going to a place of triumph. Where'd you learn that? You learned that from the church. That's the only place that you'll learn it. You, you, you learn it directly or indirectly from the church because that's what he's building. If he's building the church only, then you didn't learn that from anybody else or anywhere else, either directly from the local church that you're in or the church as a whole around the world. You learned it from what he's building. Can you say amen? First Corinthians 5 16 through 18. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything, in everything, not for everything, but in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It's God's will for you to be thankful in Christ Jesus, to be thankful in every situation, not for every situation, but in every situation. Because of how great He is in the midst of anything and everything that you face. That, that God wants us to be thankful and grateful. You cannot thank Him enough. You cannot thank Him enough for how great that He is. And when you're thanking Him for how great He is, you're hearing yourself say it. And what that's doing is it's building faith on the inside of you to combat anything that tries to tell you something different. And that's the will of God for your life, to give thanks in the midst of everything, not for everything. I, I can't tell you how many people through the years have come to me and they've said things to me like this. You know, I, well, I just, I just can't serve God because of this situation that happened, because this person 
what happened to them, and, 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 uh, and I thought God would heal them, and I thought this and that and the other, and so I can't. And, and I'm talking about somebody, see, a person that's going to be at, mad at God because they didn't get a result, they're not connected to the church. And they're not connected to a place that teaches the truth about God's Word because God's Word never fails, ever. I have situations in my life and family. I have situations in people's lives that are a part of my family and my wife's family, situations where we didn't get the outcome that we had intended, that we stood for, we believe God for, to see those kind of things happen. But because of what I was taught in the church, I realize that's not God in His Word. He already did the work, right? You don't know the hearts and lives of people because at the end of the day, when something happens or doesn't happen, it has to do with that person and God. At the end of the day, we can do all we can do. Stand and fight and be in faith and believe God and and, and believe for certain things to overcome in situations, but... When you're meditating the Word, the revelation from the Word by the Holy Spirit will give you the peace and the understanding that you need about every situation. I'm here today in spite of things that I can't explain in the natural. I'm here today trusting and believing and having faith in God, and that's caused me to overcome in every situation, and that's caused me to be stronger today in my faith and trust in God than I ever have been before. When you're not connected to the house, when you're not thankful for the house, when you're not grateful for the house and what God is building, and you're not a part of that on a continual basis, you get to the place where your natural mind will talk you out of things and get you and find you in places that you didn't think you would ever be. I know because I see it all the time. People underestimate the power and the strength of the anointing that's on the house. Because it's the house which is the church, which is his body that he is building in the earth. Can you say amen to that? That's what he's building. In Colossians 3.15, we read this many, many times in this church, but I read it again because of where I'm going in these next few verses, these next few passages. He said, and let the peace of God, and let the peace, in, in, I'm sorry, this is Colossians 3.15, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which also you were called in one body and be thankful. There's a lot we could say, and I don't have the time to go into that. Just in that verse, if you go back and read the first 14 verses and you read the rest of that, actually go back to Colossians 1.1 and you start there. What Paul was saying, it kind of culminated in this verse right here. I'm going to read it again. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which also you were called in one body. Everybody say one body. We're all different parts, but we've been called to one body, and it's His body, and it's His church that He's building. Not my church here at Gates of the City that I'm building. This isn't my church. I'm the under-shepherd of this house, 
and I have an anointing for that place, but it's his church, and if we don't do it his way, it won't produce his results. I don't want my results. I want his. And it takes faith to do that. Did you hear me? It takes faith to do that. A lot of people don't know what faith is. You can ask people, so, so what is faith? You get 101 different answers. Some people would think of faith as like, well, it's my denomination. It's my faith. Okay, I mean, I guess somewhere down the road that there's nothing wrong with that. But that's not what faith of the Bible is. Some people think that faith and presumption kind of go together. Faith is not presumption. You can presume something, and you can think you think you know, or you can have good intentions in what you think you know, but faith is a trust and a confidence and a knowing that what God said, He is able to perform. That's what true faith is. That what God said, He's able to perform. That takes development on your and my part. That didn't happen overnight. You, continued, you continually develop that, but if you are not connected to the house and you don't get what you need from the house and you don't draw from the house, the church of Jesus Christ, you're not drawing from the teaching of that. It's just a little bit of teaching every once in a while and then you get all this other information. You won't believe this. The other will talk you out of it. No faith. To do that, you have to be thankful for the house. You have to be thankful for the church. You have to be thankful for the teaching of the Word of God and what it's done in your life, and never let and allow yourself to get to a place where you become too familiar with the house. You want to honor the house. I mean, what everybody in this house did to feed the firehouses, the police department, the sheriff's department here, what we did as a group, as a unit, unified, doing something productive to help other people's lives in the way that we did that, there is, you have to do those kind of things by faith. You know why? Because your mind could talk you out of doing it because, well, you know, it's going to be Thanksgiving and I don't, I don't want to waste my time doing something else. I just want to be about myself. And that's one of the reasons that we've done it all these years is to remind ourselves we're not about ourselves. Actually, when you do something like that in faith, your thanksgiving personally will be twice as good as it could have been the other way. Absolutely so. But when you're connected to the house and the house is doing something, like this house, this body of believers, and we're doing something and we're doing it by faith in God and, and we're believing that people, because when we have signups, I mean, we're telling these people we're coming. Not one time in the 15 plus years have we not had enough. So what if one year nobody signed up? Well, we have Cracker Barrel. Amen? We just put our orders in. We go pick them up, take them to the house. I mean, what? I don't care. Whatever we got to do, we're making sure these people are eating. Amen? But what God wants is for you to be a part of what God is doing that way. And, that, and see, that's why, I don't know, even after the testimonies and the things that we shared, God wants you to be even more thankful and grateful for the house. 
Amen? Today, we're talking about being grateful for this great and amazing house of the Lord Jesus Christ. Psalm 92 and verse 12 says this, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. Where did you learn to understand the righteousness of God? Man, first time I ever heard the teaching on righteousness, it was like I was thinking to myself, man, I've been lied to all my stinking life. Where, did, where has this been? You know why? Because where I had been was not the church, and where I heard it was in the church. Right? The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. I've never seen cedars in Lebanon, but I've heard they're massive and huge and strong, and you can't move them. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. And the courts represent everything other than the house, so you'll flourish in the things that you do in life. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Tell somebody around here sometimes that you look fresh. Amen? You look like you're flourishing. Glory to God. Amen? To declare that the Lord is upright, He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in Him. That's what you learn from the church when you're planted. Hmm? When you're planted in the ground, not just in a pot. Hmm? Because, see, then you can be transplanted. But when you're in the ground... You're solid. When you're planted in the house, when you stay and you connect and you're a part of it in spite of the church, and you stay connected to it, that's where you flourish. Because this church body, all we're about is the Word. Right? And then my next statement is that all we're about here is the Spirit. You don't say one's more important than the other. It's not, you can't separate the two of them. It's the Word and the Spirit of God that are the truth that make everything else gel and happen. And nothing happens without the Word of God and the Spirit of God, and we're about the Word of God and the Spirit of God. And when that's what we're about, everything else can take a back seat. Other things will support that, and as we do, and we do things in the days ahead, other things will support that. But if we don't have the Word and the Spirit, we have nothing. Because that's the only way to know Him. And today I'm so grateful for the Word of God and the Spirit of God. Amen? Heaven and earth will pass away, not His Word. Hmm? Everything else will pass away, but not His Word. Not His Word. His Word is here forever. Can you say Amen? forever and ever. This is just a story that I pulled out of the Old Testament. It's about four verses long, and there's a lot of history to it and everything, but I like the wording of this. I just like, I've always liked this wording, and as I was thinking about this message today, this came to me. And it's found in 1 Kings chapter 5 and verse 1, and it says, now, Hiram, king of Tyre, sent his servants to Solomon because he heard that they had anointed him king in place of his father, for Hiram had always loved David. 
Then Solomon sent to Hiram, saying, You know how my father David could not build a house for the name of the Lord, his God, because, watch this, because of the wars which were fought against him on every side, until the Lord put his foes under the soles of his feet. But now the Lord my God has given me rest on every side. There is neither adversary nor evil occurrence. And so, here's my point from this passage. You could talk about a lot of things regarding this passage, but here's my point. David struggled to build the house because of the wars and the attacks against him until the enemy was put under his feet. People come to church, and they come into the church world everywhere. People do. There's a lot of people that say that, you know, in the next 10 years that churches everywhere, I mean, I mean, astronomical amounts of churches have shut their doors in the last five years. I, I, I was shocked. I saw a statistic. I don't, I don't remember the exact amount, but in the thousands of churches just in America that have shut their doors in the last five years. I mean, thousands. It wasn't a thou- 1,500. It was like 55, I'm not going to say exactly, maybe 6,500 or something. Churches have shut their doors in the last five years in America. And, and people throwing stats out there about, you know, the, the, in 10 years the, or, or in, even in five years, the church will be obsolete. What? <laughs> These people have no clue that the only reason they're alive is because of the church. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? I mean, the only reason that anything stays together is because of the church. You move the church out... <laughs> And then the enemy's free to do whatever he wants to to destroy humanity. The church is the one making sure that things stay together. And as far as I'm concerned, the planet's getting better because of the church. Did you hear what I said? Well, what I saw here was people come into the church and they, it's like, they get excited, but then they get attacks. And David couldn't come to a place of seeing the house of God built and strengthened until the enemy was under his feet. When we come into the church, the reason things take such a, a long time with people, I, if I've heard this once, literally, I've heard it hundreds of times. I didn't start having problems the way I'm having problems now until I came into the church or attacks, or situations, or this thing, or that thing, or whatever. And the reason being is, is because of the attack of the enemy. He, the devil doesn't matter. He really doesn't care if you get saved or not. He just wants you to live on planet earth like you're living in hell. He wants you to live a defeated, destructed life on planet earth. But when you and I are connected and planted in the house, and we get the revelation that the devil is under our feet. Hmm? <laughs> I love these words. Here's Solomon saying, so here I am because of what my dad fought and how he got the enemy under his feet. He said, but now 
<clears throat> the Lord's given me rest on every side. Woo. I can say today, in my walk with God, I have rest on every side. There's unrest all around, but in my world, there's rest. I, I, I can say that. I, I can say that there is rest at every side, all around me, the rest of God. He said, enter into my rest, take my yoke upon you, and learn from me. That's what I've done. How did I learn that? In the church. I'm so grateful for the church. I wouldn't be here for not, it wasn't for the church. So grateful that in 30, almost 35 years of pastoring this church, I'm so grateful that through difficult times, like there were times when we were struggling to build and do what needed to be done, like David struggled there. Why? Because of the attacks. I'm so grateful that now I realize attacks will come and go, but the word of the Lord will last forever. My focus and my my whole attention is on the promises of God because that's what strengthens me through anything. So there's, what, what, what's the wording? Rest on every side. There's neither adversary nor evil occurrence. And there was, but to him, because of faith in God and what his dad taught him about the devil being under our feet, <laughs> it's like there's no devil. Oh, man, it look, yeah, I mean, we can look and we see all the stuff and, the, and all the evidence that there's an enemy out there destroying. But remember our series last month? Framing your world so that there's rest on every side, there's neither adversary nor evil occurrence where your life is concerned. That's the protection that God gives us, and we learn that where? From the church. So, as a result of that, I'm declaring I'm rejoicing in the church that God is building. Can you say amen? <clears throat> Colossians 1 and verse 24. I love this. Verse 24, he says, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you. Paul says this to this church. And fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church. He said, I rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church. As my wife said, we, we did the book of Philippians on Monday night uh, this last semester, and uh, and in, in, in the, the, the letters that Paul wrote to the church at Galatia, the, the letters that he wrote to the church at Ephesus, the letters he wrote to the church at Colossae and Philippi, and, and the letters that he wrote to the church at Philippi, this is Colossae, but in all of the writings of those letters, in most cases, he was in prison. And you never hear him talking about his, his imprisonment. In, in, when he was writing, he was, in a, he was in a prison in Rome when he was writing the letters to the church at Philippi. And he was in chains 24-7. And he was attached to a stinky, smelly guard 24-7 for two of the years that he was in the prison at Rome. He was in chains, in handcuffs, 
cuffed to somebody else the whole time. And he makes mention of that, but that's not his focus because as he's saying here, I'm rejoicing, I'm thankful, I'm grateful in my sufferings for you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ. What could be lacking in what Jesus paid the price for? What could be lacking? What he's saying here is somebody like himself and somebody like you and me that will actually take the revelation and walk it out. Jesus can't walk it out for you. See, he's, he's produced the victory. He's given us the victory in every way, but he can't walk it out for you. And he said, I'm rejoicing that I'm telling you I'm going through this and it's working. I've got the victory. Did he stay there forever? No. No, but he went through some things, but through those things, what he had that he got from the building of the church and what we get from the building of the church, as he applied those things, it worked. And notice what he says. This is a mystery. He said the mystery, verse 26, the mystery which has been hidden from the ages, from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints, to who? The the church he was just talking about in verse 24, the body which is the church, revealed to the saints, to them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this, this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ revealed in you that is the hope of the world. The reason I'm so thankful for the church, if I didn't know that God was building His church, I mean, I don't know how people handle it. That's probably why the the suicide rate is so high today, because people don't understand this. Saved and unsaved alike. They don't understand the benefit of the church. Paul is saying here, it's a mystery. It's hidden. And I promise you, it will only be revealed by the Word of God revealing to you who Jesus is in you and who you are to Him. That revelation is the church's responsibility. In these letters that Paul wrote to these four churches or these these districts where there were churches, that's what he was teaching them. Who you are in Christ and who Christ is in you, that's the hope of the world. If that doesn't happen, there's no hope. You ever seen anywhere in the Bible where God moved for a whole nation for just a hand, with a handful of people? God will move nations with people that will believe. I have, in, 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 when people give me numbers about, well, there's this percentage of the planet that is, you know, believing this way and this percentage that's believing that way, <laughs> don't give me percentages. I'm believing the Word. See, if you don't believe that you and what you believe is, is, has an impact on planet earth, you're deceived. God will move nations with one person's faith. 
nations with one person's faith. Are, are we still receiving from one man's writings in the New Testament? I mean, several men, but mostly two-thirds of it, one man's writings? Changed the whole world. Well, but that's the apostle. No, no, no. No, there's Jesus and the rest of us. Hmm? There's Jesus and the rest. I mean, when I get to heaven, I can't wait to meet the Apostle Paul. I mean, I get, when I said that, I get chills just thinking about being able to meet him. I can't wait to meet Abraham. I, I can't wait to, you know, I don't know what I'll do with Adam, but anyway, I, I can't wait to meet him all. You understand? But they're just like you and I. They're people just like you and I. There's Jesus and the rest of us. And one man has touched the planet since Jesus left the earth like nobody else. Why can't I be that guy? I'm not talking about trying to compare myself to the Apostle Paul and all that he laid down and everything that he did. I'm just saying taking what he did and doing something with it and changing the planet. Well, you know, but I'm just one person. You don't understand what I'm talking to you about today. It's the church. He's building his church. Remember, he's building his church. Right? Matthew 16. He told his disciples, who do people say that I am? Well, some say you're this, and some say you're that, and some say it's this. So, I ask you, what do people in your world say that Christianity is? What do people in your world, what do they know about the Word of God and how God operates and this, that, and the other? You, you're going to get all kinds of different answers because people don't know Him like what we're talking about today. I'm not saying we know it all and nobody else knows anything. I'm not saying it. I'm just saying if you don't understand this, if you are downplayed in your life, because you're just one individual person, you're deceived. And you need to get rid of the deception. We've all been deceived. All of us. All of us probably are deceived right now about some little thing or another that at least we need to tweak in our life and do better with. This word you're hearing today, if it's not doing something and making you better, you're not really hearing what I'm talking about today. I'm not talking about you being familiar with the verses. I'm talking about how the verses of Scripture and the things that I've talked to you about fit together. And only the Holy Spirit can reveal to you the things that I brought. That's why I always bring so much Scripture. So you can go to the Scripture and He'll show you things there that I didn't say anything about. That's how powerful that life is when you're connected to the house. And today, I... I couldn't end this series without us talking about how grateful we are for God's house, for the church. We're the hope. See, if you have a problem with that, you've got to get over that too. <laughs> we are the hope. But it's not me is the hope. We, the church, is the hope because he said we were. Christ revealed inside of us, who are the church, is the hope of the world. That way, you don't have to work overtime to get the right politicians in office. Do your part. There's a great verse of Scripture 
in the, in the Proverbs that talks about you doing your part, but at the end of the day, God and His Word have the final say. Everybody just sit there and stare at me for a minute because I'm going to read that to you. Some people think, yeah, he's just saying that. No, 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 I would never just say it. Hear this. Proverbs 16, verse 32 and 33, go look at it. It's in the message translation that I'm reading it. Moderation is better than muscle. Self-control better than political power. Make your motions, cast your votes, (laughs) but God and His Word have the final say. (laughs) So, see, you don't have to work overtime to try to get the right politician in. What you need to be working overtime at is developing your faith in God, making sure that you're connected to the house, because the house is the difference maker in your life for everything else. Notice he said, he said, when those who are, Psalm 92, those who are planted in the house, they'll flourish in everything else they do. That's the key. The house is the key. The church of God is the key, being connected to the house. You say, well, you know, Pastor, I don't just totally understand that. Well, you'll get it. Yeah, you'll get it. Just keep getting it. Just keep showing up and coming, and you'll understand being connected to the house. It's not, it's not what it appears to be. There's no guilt trip about being connected to the house. If you're in guilt, well, I'm not doing it. No, no, no. No, that's not the way it works. When you're connected to the house and you get revelation from God, it will have to stop you from doing things. In all the churches, that I, the three churches that I was a part of before I pastored this church, I mean, I did everything in those churches. I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop looking for opportunities to serve and to be a part of what was going on in the house. I couldn't stop. Anything that's ever been done in the church, I've done it. In an eight-year period of time, I did everything that there ever was to do. So, I'm not, I never, I don't, have, have I ever even said that? I don't even think I've ever even said that. I'm just saying, it doesn't matter. You don't get credit for that. That's your reasonable service. But it was, some of it I probably wasn't led by the Spirit because in those years I was so young in the, in the things of God, but most of it was. Or I saw a need and I just made sure that it got met and I made sure that things happened. But over time, God began to show me, no, you don't need to do every little thing. That's not about that. I want you to do things I want you to do. And when you're planted in the house and you're advancing the kingdom of God, you'll do whatever it takes. And you'll do it without an attitude and you'll do it without strife and division. And I'm telling you, there's never been a day in the history of the world when it was so important to be a part of the house. Never. Never. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's Word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.